Welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast. We're here to grow in faith, connect in community, and serve the world. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy. Grace, peace, and joy be unto you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. I tell this story in honor of the ELCA youth gathering that will be happening in New Orleans this summer. It goes like this. There was once a man who lived in New York City, and he decided to write a book about churches, and he wanted to go all across the city, so he first flew out to San Francisco, and he began his study, and he went to a really large church in San Francisco, and he was walking around out in the gathering area of the church and was taking notes and taking pictures. And then he noticed this phone sitting on a table with a curious sign over top of it. It was this beautiful golden phone, and it said $10,000 a minute over the top. And the, the uh, man found the pastor of the church, and he said, I, I don't understand what's this phone. And he said, well, in fact, it is a direct line to God. You just pay the $10,000 and you can talk to God. Wow, that's interesting. And he continued then on on his study, going all the way across the country, Chicago to, to Milwaukee and all cities all across the country. And he was working his way. And all along the way, he would come to another church and there would be another phone, another sign, and the same story. And finally, though, he got down to Louisiana, and he arrived in Bow Bridge, Louisiana, and upon entering the Catholic parish there on Broussard Avenue, he saw that phone one more time, but this time the sign was different. It said, calls, 25 cents, and fascinated, he asked the, the pastor, he said, Father, Boudreau, I've been in cities all across this country, and in each church I found this golden telephone and I've been told it's a direct line to heaven and that you could talk to God, and it was $10,000. But here, it's only 25 cents. Why? And Father Boudreaux, smiling, replied, Shaw, y'all in Louisiana now, that's a local call. <laughs> it should be so easy to pick up a phone and to call God directly, to ask God about whatever it is that we feel we need to ask God about. And particularly today, as we come on this baptism of our Lord weekend, we think about the calling that God makes on our lives. And a lot of times it would be really nice to pick up the phone and say, are you sure, God, is this what you're calling me to do? I recently talked about someone who made a significant change in her work, and she said for a long time she tried to make excuses for why it was not God calling her into something new. But suddenly she realized there are too many signs and this must be God calling me into this new thing. And so she went. How do you know if it is God calling you? And how do you trust that the Holy Spirit is in fact empowering you to enter into such a call? This is a question that we'll be exploring over the next five weeks as part of a sermon series called Called. And we'll be doing that also in the adult ed class. Uh, and today you can go and talk with Pastor Hannah about the Holy Spirit 
and how the Holy Spirit empowers us in ministry. Too often when we hear that someone is called by God, we only think of professionals in ministry. But that is far from the biblical witness. And the reality is that when the church relies only on its professional pastors for ministry, our ministry is diminished. The church is always at its best. The church is always most flourishes when it embraces the priesthood of all believers. At the time of the Reformation, Martin Luther looked around at the corruption of the leadership of the church, the lack of faith-filled parents raising their children to be disciples in the home, and Martin Luther saw a crisis. And one of the great enduring gifts of the Reformation was Luther's teaching on the priesthood of all believers. Luther reminded the church that while some of us are ordained to a particular ministry of word and sacraments to preach, teach, administer the sacraments for the sake of good order and continuity of teaching in the church, this is not the only ordination in the church. Webster's Dictionary says, ordain means to officially invest by the, with by the laying on of hands with ministerial or priestly authority. And while it might not seem quite as clear as the ordination of pastors, this is exactly what happens when we pour water over babies or children or adults in the rites of baptism. We don't always make the connection quite as clear as the early church did to baptism, where the newly baptized were given a new white robe, symbolic of the new life they were about to lead. Oil was poured over their heads to signify their anointing as the kings of old had done. And this would take place at elaborate fonts at the break of dawn on Easter morning after worshiping all night. And for the first time, the newly baptized would enter into this sanctuary to enter in to receive the meal for the first time, where they would receive the bread and wine, and in some cases, milk and honey, as a sign that they were entering now into the promised land. And part of that climactic service was a very intentional time where hands were placed on their heads as a sign of the gift of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment to be in ministry with Christ in the world. One writer describes this loss of meaning in baptism in this way. He says, Through the course of time, baptism lost its significance as the making of priests in this world and became only a rite of initiation into the church. This all led many to the unfortunate conclusion that pastors, those who are ordained, are the real ministers and laity are there just to undergird and support the work of the clergy. And he concludes this historical analysis with the very insightful phrase, this is wrong. My good friend Ben Stewart, who teaches worship at Wartburg Seminary and in Chicago, has done a lot of work on the significance of our ritual actions. And he makes a very convincing argument for doing more to reestablish the prominence of baptism, not diminishing the wonderful things that happen at an ordination service, but rather to re-elevate what we do in baptism so that it has the same prominence in the church as ordination. 
So as we look forward to ordination services for Sarah Moore, for Pastor Hannah, for Melinda Moran, we also want to anticipate future baptisms in the same way as the Holy Spirit empowers every believer for ministry. In our gospel lesson for today, we hear this story of Jesus' baptism. And his baptism is not entirely like ours. The death and resurrection of Jesus transforms and expands what baptism means for us. But the baptism of Jesus does help us understand the connection between baptism and ministry. Because Jesus' baptism is essentially his ordination into ministry. We hear in the passage for today that the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove, named him a beloved child of God, and from that point on then, Jesus goes out to call disciples, to teach them, to heal, to do all of his ministry in his life. The Holy Spirit descends and ministry begins. Think back to the story of Mary. Do you remember what the angel tells Mary? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. It's the same for Mary. The Holy Spirit comes to her, and from that point on, her ministry begins. From the very beginning, we see an interesting pattern. The Spirit comes ministry begins. There's certainly a clear pattern from the very beginning of the church. Look no further than our second lesson for today. The writer of Acts makes a point about the essential connection between the gift of the Spirit for baptism and our empowerment in ministry. The blessing of the Spirit is crucial for what we think happens in baptism. The Spirit empowers us, each one of us, with gifts for ministry to use in the collective work that we do together. And I thank God daily when I see and hear of it happening. It brightens my day when I hear from someone in the midst of a crisis that is hurting, a member that has had something traumatic happening in their life, and so often there is one of you that has already reached out to them to share a word of hope, a word of encouragement, a meal, whatever it is that that person needs in that time. I shared last night that I got one of those calls that that very day, yesterday, from one of our long-term members who is dying, and Glenn Haugen, who's here this morning, has been going to visit regularly with Mike and Maria Cook, and I went over to see them last night and couldn't help but express how thankful they were for that ongoing ministry and care that they've received from Glenn over these years. What a gift it is to be the body of Christ together, sharing and caring for each other on a regular basis. And it brings me great hope when I talk to visitors and I hear about how they've been welcomed here in this place and how they experience a community that wants to embrace them and to fold them in to find their place among us in community together. And it gives me hope when I present a challenge that someone is in need or a group are in need in our community, and again and again and again you rise up to that challenge and provide the resources that are needed. I thank God daily for the ministry that is done in the name of Jesus by members of this congregation empowered by the Spirit. 
But if we look around our country and our community and our world, I think we can obviously see that there's always more that can be done to make the kingdom of God shine in the midst of the brokenness of this world. We stopped by a rest area the other day. We were on our way back on New Year's Day from some time with friends and talking about the year we had just experienced, the year ahead, and I was feeling kind of buoyant as I was going in, and I come back out and I see a box on the wall, and it says, for opioid overdose use. And I just kind of sighed, thinking about where it is that we find ourselves. We couldn't even get through a, a full week of school in the new year before there'd already been yet another tragic shooting in Iowa. Unfortunately, we live in a broken world. And so we stay focused on our mission, our vision to live and love like Jesus as we seek together a world restored with grace and peace. And we do so by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. You have been given gifts to be released in this world to further the kingdom of God. So we ask the question, how can we better use these gifts to help those in need around us? How can we more effectively as a community share with others the hope-filled message of the gospel? These are not easy questions, but through our baptism, we are called and we are empowered to live into this ministry together. Each time someone is baptized there at that font, we say together these words, we receive you as a fellow member with us in the body of Christ, child of the same heavenly Father and worker with us in the kingdom of God. So we get to work, to be the ministers we are called to be, because we are empowered, we are ordained, And we are sent by God to be ministers of grace and healing and peace for all.